Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we're here with the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and I certainly do count it a privilege and an honor to be here with you on this, the 26th episode of our podcast, where we're continuing our series on forgiveness, and we're going to take a closer look on how to handle being offended. So listen, everybody, please take this time to go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blank encourages you is coming to you with part two of our forgiveness series. That's what's coming up next. BCU family, so we're going to dig into our study momentarily. I'd just like to address those who are landing on this podcast for the first time. So since we are in speech therapy, um, our forgiveness part two, you really want to loop back to part number one if you can so that you can get the foundation and a good understanding about what we're going to be talking about in this episode of our podcast. So easy to do if you are on the blendcouragesyou.com site, just head out to where it says series and studies and you should see speech therapy season two forgiveness part one. So you can tune in and listen for your spiritual edification. Alternatively, if you're listening in on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or on iTunes, Easy as Pie. Just head out to the main menu and look for Speech Therapy Season 2, Forgiveness Part 1. You can catch up there and then loop back to Part 2. Amen? Amen. So the last time we were together, we took a closer look at the first part of Matthew chapter 18. We actually got all the way through to verse number 14. And these are a few of the points that we did glean. Number one, in order to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, we need to be converted as children. Why? Because children are not puffed up or prideful. They need to be served or taken care of. Children take you at your word and they have amazing faith. The second thing that we learn is that offenses, trap sticks, stumbling blocks, temptations, obstacles, enticers, they will come. All right, they will come. Was anybody tested on that? I've got to tell you that I know that I was. I had to deal you all with the ungrateful one, the rude one, you know, the folks not listening, technology acting up, traffic jams, you know, phone calls about things that should have been taken care of, people not on post when they're supposed to be. You know, some of these things are mundane. Some of these attacks come one after the other. Some are long, some are unexpected, some are intense. I know for myself, I was asking for grace and repenting. But I tell you, once you know the word of God and what to look out for, you really become more alert and able to fight in the spirit, in prayer, and not in the flesh with unkind words, attitudes, or gestures. 
The enemy likes to bring offenses to get us out of the spirit and keep us in our flesh. Whereas God allows offenses to come to teach us to stay in the spirit and not to react in the flesh. Number three, Jesus does promise to deal with the offenders. The word of God reminds us that it's better that a millstone is hung around the neck of the offender and him cast into the sea than to offend one of his children. So we probably get really happy when we see that scripture. We want to keep a couple of things in mind. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16 reminds us not to rejoice when our enemy falls nor to let our heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it, and it displeases him, and he turns away his wrath from our enemy. So we're not supposed to rejoice and be excited about that at all. The other thing that we need to keep in mind, BCU family, is is that we've got to check ourselves to make sure that we're not practicing offenders. Yes, that's right. So yes, we are offended day to day. Are we also guilty of offending others? So we really need to ask the Lord to check us, to check our hearts and our minds to make sure that we're not intentionally, maliciously, willfully acting out or retaliating in ways that offend someone, whether or not we feel that they deserve it. Amen. Amen. You might be saying to yourself, listen, Blen, so-and-so really hurt my feelings when they said this, when they did this, when they didn't come through on a promise, all of those sorts of things. And I know in my heart, I'm not supposed to um, hold that anger. I know that I'm not supposed to be malicious or, or petty or, or revengeful or hate them. What do I do? Well, listen, Jesus has that covered coming up in Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 15. And it reads, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Now I wonder how many disagreements would be squashed if we just went on and talked to Lily Mae, Bob, Bubba, whoever it is, why don't we just go to them and talk to them about it rather than go all around that individual? Do we actually go to the person and handle these matters quietly and one-on-one as the word says? Or is it more like a snide post or rant on social media? Perhaps we go to one or two other people first and spill all the details instead of going right to the person. Then for some reason, the story gets back to the person that we have the issue with. It's all blown up and others are upset with them. They are now upset with you. That's discord. That's fleshly. It's offensive 
Now we've offended and it's not the way that God wants us to do it. The scriptures provide that we just simply go to the person, politely state our case, listen to their case, we talk it over, and with the grace of God, it ends peacefully. If the one-to-one approach doesn't quite pan out, Jesus outlines the next step in verse 16. And that reads, but if he, your brother, will not hear you, then take with you one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. So if the trespassing party is not cooperative after your one-on-one, we just don't stomp away. Rather, we go the extra mile and gather honest, non-biased, trustworthy folks that can accurately account the dispute details and conversation rather than instigate or spread your business around. Pray about and choose your witnesses, your witnesses very carefully. Finally, if that approach stalls, Jesus says in verse 17, and if your brother shall neglect to hear them, the witnesses, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto you as a heathen man and a publican. My goodness. So listen, BCU family, this is the last resort. We do not want to get the church officials involved until after we've done steps one and two. Ideally, the alleged trespasser will be finally ready to settle the matter properly so that he is not classified as a heathen or a publican, which is a tax collector. Now, just as a side note, in biblical times, um, and some say it now, (laughs) publicans or tax collectors illegally taxed you on whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted it, pretty much on demand. So obviously publicans lived well off ill-gotten money and they were very despised. In fact, Luke chapter 19 tells the story of Zacchaeus who was chief, the Bible says, among the publicans. And that's Luke chapter 19. That's in verse 2. After Zacchaeus met Jesus, he repented and said that he would get give half his goods to the poor and would restore his overtaxation fourfold. Talk about offenses and forgiveness. Yeah, that is one of the ultimate offenses. And you can see how much forgiveness went there. So something for us to think about. So getting back on track for Matthew chapter 18, let's see what else Jesus said regarding the church proceeding. Yes, believe it or not, the next few verses of Matthew chapter 18 are all about this proceeding that's going to be happening at the church with the uh, alleged transgressor or trespasser and you. So Matthew 18, 18 says, Verily I say unto you, that whatsoever you shall bind on earth 
shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 19 says, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. And then verse 20 reminds us that where two or three are gathered in his name, there I am, and this is Jesus, in the midst of them. All right, so <laughs> Matthew chapter 18, 19, and 20. Doing some study, BCU family, I'm going to verse 18, the term binding and loosing. And hear me closely here, was common Jewish phrasing, meaning to declare something forbidden or to bind it or to declare it aloud. And that was to loose it. In this case, and in the context of these scriptures, this was referring to the discipline of the offender or how the situation would be handled. That ties into verse 19 because Christ in heaven officially makes valid what is done in his name and in accordance to his word on earth. So decisions are binding in both places and the word is loosed on earth for God's purpose. Finally, in verse 20, the context, the context with touching and agreeing is for the purpose of two people coming together to settle differences and naturally Jesus is there in the midst. Now listen, I know that many of us have heard these verses and have used them, myself included, for praying, binding and loosing bad things, or binding bad things rather, loosing uh, good things, praying about something with someone, touching and agreeing, or for poorly attended services, we typically say where two or three are gathered. Now as students of the Bible, who seek to rightly divide the word with the help of the Lord, we really have been using those scriptures out of context. Think about it. Isn't Jesus in the midst when we are alone? Does he not abide down on the inside of us if we are Holy Ghost filled according to Acts 2.38? Why would that verse be about church attendance when Jesus was talking about how to handle a dispute. Yeah, Jesus just doesn't switch tracks like that BCU family. So now that we know better, with the help of the Lord, we will do better. Amen? Amen. All right, BCU family, believe it or not, we are at the end of our podcast. I do trust that the word of the Lord was enlightening to you and stirred up a change in your heart and spirit. I know it's stirring up in mine, especially when it comes to, you know, offenses and how to handle them. And just a footnote, BCU family, that not every time that we're offended do we need to actually go and speak to the person. Um, there is a provision in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. 
And it says that the discretion of a man defers his anger and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. So in other words, we need not get angry about everything and go to that person. We want to use discretion. So let's pray for the Lord to give us discretion on when it is to defer our anger and to uh, overlook a transgression and when it's appropriate for us to go through the steps that are outlined in Matthew chapter 18. All right, so we're going to get ready to close out our podcast. And Lord will, the next time we're together, we're going to see if we can wrap up this forgiveness series with Matthew chapter 18. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in, for reading, for commenting, subscribing, promoting, and telling your friends. We truly do appreciate you here at BlaineCouragesYou.com. And when you do that, you encourage us to continue to encourage you. So this is Blen from BlaineCouragesYou.com. Until the next time we're together, may our awesome God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you. And don't forget to stay on the wall. We'll see you next time.